The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by BlueChew.com. Get the chewables that give you the confidence you need and the performance you both want when it's time to have fun. BlueChew.com. Use code Vegas for $20 off your first order. Now, Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN Chicago, but housekeeping. Another change of plans here on ESPN 1000 today. The boys are in for crosstalk. We throw it now. Crosstalk, of course, brought to you by Club Hawthorne Betting Bars, featuring horse racing, video slots, and sports betting throughout Chicago land. We now throw it up to Hallis Hall. Waddle, Sylvie, and Carmen DeFalco. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Shay. We Shay. appreciate it. Good work today, Shay. Carm, did this uh, did this one hurt uh, that you weren't able to be on? The, we had some stuff behind the scenes going on at Hallis Hall today, getting ready for the new partnership. Did this one hurt that you weren't able to get your, your stuff out there today? No, not that much, to be honest with you. Not that much. I mean, we'll probably address it a little bit tomorrow. Um, but, no, I didn't think to myself – well, oh, I've got Slide over close so you that everyone can see. So the Twitch. Do you want to sit on my lap and I, I, want me I, to hold you? No, that's I mean. fine. I wouldn't mind that, actually. I, I didn't think for one second as I was watching that unfold, only via social media, full disclosure, I wasn't even watching the game Saturday. I was in Wisconsin and... Uh, I, I don't know how much wild. I'll be paying attention. To like how many people anyway, really were watching? It probably live, not a man, right? not probably not many. You were watching it live, yeah. Uh, yeah, on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I had my uh, my daughter and her husband there, and we had a little family uh, thing going on. Little White Sox watch party. One, yeah. It was it was on one of the televisions, and I heard my daughter screaming. Oh, so she fight! Yeah. She just screams fight! 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 I, as I watched it unfold on social media, and. Uh, you know, we texted back and forth about it a lot. I didn't for one second think, damn, I can't believe I'm not going to be able to be on the air Monday and, and talk about it. This team is mostly <laughs> an embarrassment. And I, I, I am at, I'm at my wit's end. Um, I've ranted about this team for years uh, because of what they've put their fan base through. I don't know. I, and look, I mean, to each his own. I, some people want to choose to be forever optimistic, and 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 that's okay. Ooh. Optimistic. Uh, I I can't get there with Ooh. this. Well, you know, some people it just it doesn't matter uh, to them. No matter what happens, they're there to constantly support their team and think that everything is fine. And I try to support them best I can, and I have. I feel like I've given a lot of my time and my energy and my money over the years to the White Sox. But uh, and I'm not saying I'm tapping out, but uh, I'm exhausted by them. They're they're an embarrassment. Um, they do a lot of this, not chirping. A lot of this constantly, and not just the players. You're not just all, saying the all, players. All of them. Everybody in that organization. It's a lot of this all the time. And you're moving your yeah, yeah a lot of chirping, for the, a lot of talking, a lot of we're better than everybody else, and they're not. And I, I don't know what's happened to Tim Anderson. I mean, there was a time where I I, I thought his. His charisma and his enthusiasm for the game was a really good thing. Uh, it's so, you know, you do have to, you have to sort of combo that with being a really good baseball player. Yes. I think uh, Tim Anderson over the last 166 games he's played. That's, you know, uh, that's a lot of baseball. It's a full season. It's a full season of baseball. Tim Anderson is a, according to Baseball Reference, a minus point three player. Minus point three. And, 
you know, for him to go on a t- first of all to even get into the to, for for the the, the way the entire the entire thing happened Saturday night. I mean, dropping his glove like it's a hockey game and posting up the wrong way because, as we understand it, he's a righty. I still don't understand. Uh, but then I asked but, you upstairs, when was the last time you squared off with anyone? So I was like, I guarantee you, anybody squaring up isn't going to do it that way. Well, I don't think they're doing this. They're doing, hey, I give me one of these. But I think everybody's reaction would be to know which handed which handedness you have. Yeah. And so even though I maybe haven't squared up lefty. in a long yeah, time. Maybe, maybe he bats and throws right. A lot of boxers he, he do that, and they lefty. switch you up, you know? You never know. They, they, they go I'm not going southpaw. I don't yes. do no tricks. No tricks. You know, I saw Rocky, too, this it, it, it was. It wasn't it, like, on the surface, a shocking, one of those yes. moments that is a shocking sight yes. to see. I was like, what's Tim Anderson In the middle doing? of a baseball. Yes. Like, we've seen pushing. We've seen scrums. When a baseball player throws off his glove and two guys square up, it's a shocking sight, it is. isn't it? it? The is. umpire wanted no the, part of it. They, wanted no part that of it. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. That was my number one takeaway no was I have never seen an umpire run from the confrontation. He's usually separating. He backed the hell away. He re- gave it a he real quick try. Real quick. And then he realized this was going down. Yeah. He's like, all right, boys. He's like a linesman all of a sudden. He's like, go ahead, guys. Like in hockey. Yeah. He's just like, go, okay? Yeah. You guys have dropped the gloves. Go. Yeah. And they went. And uh, so it just – And, and, listen, and, and I then the take... Twitter rant afterwards, too. I, I, I've got uh, – it, it, it's, it's just pure silliness. I don't want to uh, derail the Tim Anderson conversation, but I, I, from my perspective – and this is catching, you know, a lot of the attention. Jesse Rogers' article oh, yeah. is, this, this is, is the most yeah. important part of this entire White Sox story. Because that, that resonates well beyond a fight on the, uh, on the infield in Cleveland. This is something that has been part of the equation in the atmosphere now for quite some time. Yeah, this has been a problem it's a within more the organization with this entire group that yes. they've put together. It's why they uh, accomplished and achieved nothing, quite frankly. It's why they have two postseason victories uh, to show for what was a rebuild. The collection of players um, leaves a lot to be desired. I think we've sort of heard whispers and rumors about that for the last couple of years. You've heard it about the third baseman. Yes. Uh, you've heard, you know, for all the things that T.A. dealt with off the field last year that seemed to affect him. Uh, and maybe even for parts of this year that seem to negatively affect him. Uh, I, I don't want to hear that losing Jose Abreu is the reason why. Jose Abreu was never the kind of vocal, polarizing leader. Not that they didn't respect the hell out of him, because they did. Jose was a terrific player, and he was well-liked by the organization, without a doubt. Uh, and I've said this on our show. I have this from multiple people in the White Sox organization. The, the, Jose Abreu wasn't some sort of galvanizing force for that clubhouse. He never was. He, 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 you know, he, he had a, there was that, they, they've got a click issue. Yeah. They've got, these, you know, they've I think got these little clicks within, it's like it's high school. Do you know who had and, the, who's, well, this year's team. The, the, the last couple of years. Last couple of years. Last couple of years. Jose Abreu did nothing to change that. I think the guy that had the, the, the greatest amount of leadership qualities was their closer. 
and Liam Hendricks, and I probably in the game of baseball, maybe you could speak to this better than I, the, a closer, and he's that's, even that's said tough. to us, it's hard for him yeah. to yeah. put himself into that position as being the leader yeah, of a right. team it's as tough. a closer. And, and, then, and then you add to the fact that he's away yeah. dealing yeah. with cancer, yes. and then he's away yeah. with an elbow injury. The yeah. one guy who perseveres, yeah. the one guy who's outspoken, A, it's tough enough because he's a closer, and B, he's like trying to get healthy yeah. in more ways than one. Yep. But again, like the one thing that I've always said about this, Carmen, I've heard Cap yelling today about this, whether it's Pedro Grifol, and fine, whether it's guys, you're not controlling your team. Pedro Grifol is another brick in the wall. And, or, or this team and this leadership problem and these clicks, it's another brick in the wall. And whether it's, um, Drake LaRoche, many moons ago, being allowed in that clubhouse, whether it's Chris Sale cutting up Jersey. jerseys many moons ago, whether it's Robin Ventura needed to be talked into accepting the managerial job, whether it's the Gian boys fighting with Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams, the what, vice president or whatever he is, that the Gian boys are fighting with him. And Ozzy is fighting with the whole front office, and then you're trading Ozzy. You can go on and on and on, and that's a whole three teams ago. Right. That this is the issue with the White Sox. So you can circle Pedro Grifol, and you can say that he's, well, he doesn't have a hold of his team. But this is, it's one generation after another generation after another generation that this front office, this ownership group, enables this sort of behavior. And this will never change. The next guy will be the same problem until ownership does not allow this to happen anymore. Tim Anderson will be replaced by the next underachieving shortstop because this is what happened. Uh, Ozzie got traded. Ventura had to be uh, talked into. Chris Sales bitching out Kenny Williams, saying this is our effing locker room. You're not allowed in here. The best leader we have is a kid in Drake LaRoe. Go on and on and on with all of these issues. I have this is take a look at that, Carm. I, I re-updated this today. This is the since over the la- this is over the last decade the of last of, ba- of baseball yeah. since 2013. The White Sox record is 745 wins and 885 losses. Only four teams worse. That is 26th in baseball. But look, the 27th team in baseball is is the Rockies, one loss worse. Yeah. The 28th team, the Reds, whose arrows pointed up, two losses worse. They're going to catch the White Sox. Yes, they are. The White Sox could very easily have the 28th yeah. uh, best record. They could be the third worst team in baseball over the last decade. By the, yeah. But but the owner's going to allow the guys who have run the team for the last decade to stay, and we're going to all yell at Pedro Grafol for not realizing that Someone's falling asleep in the in the bullpen. This is not a Pedro. Pedro Grafol's just the latest yeah. of the enabling that's been allowed under Kenny, under Rick, and under most importantly under Jerry. Yeah, like how much does Jerry still want to be involved and care about? I shouldn't say care. That's probably the wrong way to put it. But to what extent is Jerry still involved? And what kind of desire at eighty-seven is he going to have to embark upon changing everything? Look. 
we could complain a lot about the Bulls, and rightfully so, but Michael runs that team now. And Michael had finally seen enough a couple years ago to say, okay, I'm listening to what fans are saying, what people are saying. I see our struggles and where we're sort of rinsing and repeating, let's change. And he did. Now, we can, that's a separate argument that we or a discussion to have about whether it was the right thing or how much it's working with AK and if they're better off or not. But he changed. He completely blew out the front office and changed everything. They hired a bunch of new people. He tried something new. Does Jerry have that desire at 87? Michael doesn't run the White Sox. Is there anybody there to tell Jerry? Is there anybody there to say you need to listen to us? You need to listen to your fan base. You need to hear the frustrations. You need to hear the anger. You need to see all the mistakes that you've made and that your management team continues to make. Is anybody there telling Jerry these things? Why At 87, is Jerry going to go... And do and put this plan in motion. Why does this he need off-season? to be told? How does he not know? Well, I was going to say if there hasn't been an impetus for change prior to this, I don't know that you could find something that would be more obvious. And it has been obvious. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this has all been. It's been all you know, kind of looked over. How about I mean? But, how, about, but, how about that? How about how about that the Royals? Know, Sylvie, ha- I, how about that the Royals have a better record than the White Sox over the last decade? Boy, isn't that a kick in the you know what? I, I mean, the I, Royals. At least they've had two trips to the they World did. Series. They're well, only, yeah. they're I mean, only it, two it, in the last thirty yeah, years. Yeah, but right. like, at least like, they like, went. Like, like, <laughs> like you want to talk about the managers? Okay, like everyone's like, well, the manager sucks. Like Rick Hahn hired this last manager. Who hired the manager before Rick Hahn? Uh, the owner. Yeah, and then and then who hired Robin Ventura? And I mentioned Kenny. It's like, let's take turns. Robin doesn't want the job, but Kenny's got to talk him into taking the job. Okay, that didn't work, guys. Let's have Jerry pick the manager and take the power away from the GM. Think how awful that is. And then, okay, now it's your turn, Rick. Let's hire the guy who didn't get the job in Kansas City. And by the way, in between, let's hire the guy over on the north side. Which, by the way, probably did. He probably did the best job out of, out of not, all of them. Not probably. Hey. He, w- without a doubt, did the best and, job and let's fire out him. of all of them. And let's fire him. But yet, and, and here's the thing. Let's fire all of them. Let's trade Ozzy. Let's fire Robin. Let's fire Ricky. Let's fire another one. Fire Pedro Grafal. But everyone else gets to stay. Yeah. But but Ricking, this is what I mean. Like oh, I don't man, understand okay. on how why does Kenny and Rick get to stay uh, when you fire Menachino? Like is uh, one one listener tweeted me saying Daryl Boston's probably going to be the fall guy this year. Daryl, you know the if first base Daryl Boston, yeah, the fall that's guy. what I'm. Well, but this is Sweet what, Jesus. this is par for the course. <laughs> or Daryl didn't do anything to anybody ever. Daryl's a mensch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah, and, but and it's, just it's, minding it's, his own business. That's all he's there. doing, and uh, it is a vicious cycle, Sylvie. It is, and that's why they're here. That's why the graphic uh, reads the way it does. The one that you have up on your computer. It's why I've bitched and complained about this team for so long. And I've said how hard they, they, they make it uh, on their fans. They've been so insignificant and so irrelevant, and they really only make news when something ridiculous happens, like hiring Tony La Russa or Tim Anderson getting knocked out by Jose Ramirez or Chris Sale cutting up jerseys. They are mostly irrelevant, and it is sad. I don't know how it changes until he does change things within that organization. I don't know if he's willing to do it. I don't know if he wants to. This is rock bottom, isn't it? 
This is rock bottom. I mean, is it? Well, I mean, let's well let's is let's it? let's reverse engineer this. Like, uh, none of us thought that Tony Larusa was the right hire, but that team still won ninety plus games, right? And I'm the not saying year. that it was. Yes, sure they did. Last year they were eighty one and eighty one. Like this is you're what twenty some games under five hundred. We don't know, and we never have. I mean, your there was a story getting yeah. knocked out on the fist, standing and going account. on weird Twitter rants, right? And and, and by the way, recently well. the GM of the the Marlins just told everyone that she made the trade for. Jake Berger with Kenny because of the previous relationship. Do you know did did Rick make the trade for Giolito or Lance? Was it Lynn? wasn't his turn. You've got a <laughs> former player, a, a, former, a former player willing to go on the record right. with Jesse and just well, Carm. That's just why I'm saying like if, if up they, this organization, if they don't have the if 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 Jerry doesn't have the the inspiration uh, to make change now, it will never. He's 87. So this. If, if not now, it's it out. I mean, I, I don't know. It can't get any worse, right? I mean, I say uh, that. Then... I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> can it? maybe potentially. How much I worse can it get? The, the sad thing is, like, I don't know the path to them getting better. I mean, that like they're kidding themselves if they think they're going to be some sort of. Where's their minor league system rank? Uh, not good. I mean, it's better now because of all the trades, at least. So that that helps. Yeah, that but they injection. don't develop guys. No, they they largely do not. Like, if they think. Uh, they're somehow going to be a competitive team next year by bringing back Dylan Cease and Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. Like, I got news for you guys. Uh, Wait, it's not changing. Dallas has got to be on the Mankata, team. Man. Who's I, 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 I refuse to even sort of acknowledge him because I, I mean, what's the point? I mean, he's not going to contribute anything Listen, anyway. this, is a, this um, has been happening for – Dallas Keuchel was the first to get it right, and everyone, yeah. everyone threw he rocks in because target, he wasn't huh? playing well. And then others would say stuff. And, I mean, Lance Lynn Did, read, read the quote here. Lance Lynn said he saw uh, Keenan Middleton's comments about the White Sox's culture problems. His take, quote, I was there a lot longer than Key was. He's not wrong. Now, they're all coming out now. I think Carlos Rodon said something, too, when he was a couple of years ago when he went to San Francisco. And he talked about immediately the way San Francisco was treating him compared to the White Sox, and he said something about this is the way a big league organization treats players. Jake Berger had one game in Miami and said, yeah. hey, this is the most fun I've had all year. One of course. You know, you like, him? like you could, you could, it was easy to say Dallas Keuchel had sour grapes because he had a 6 ERA and everything like that or a 7 ERA. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you're seeing these guys want out, get out, and tell you, the way it is with this team. Was there anything more emblematic of the, who the White Sox are as well as when that brawl started? Aloy got stepped on his foot and he had to he, he had to limp away. <laughs> like I mean, I hate to you know so I mean Sox. yeah exactly that's Poor my Aloy. point was was like th- is there anything more White Sox ish than that? They've uh, they failed miserably again. I don't know how else to put it. And they did this. They tried this rebuild, and they did not have the right mix of players. They didn't address some of the things that uh, internally were wrong. You have to be able to recognize that. You have to be able to see it. You have to have some sort of. You have to understand the pulse of that clubhouse a little bit, uh, whether they chose to ignore it or they're too uh, careless to see it and do anything about it. I don't know, but it nothing really uh, ever changed. As Sylvia's pointed out, nothing ever really has. I've been saying it forever, forever and ever and ever. 
Uh, it is just 40-something years we're going on Jerry Reinsdorf owning this team. They've had a, a handful of playoff appearances. They had one magical run in 05. Thank God for that. It was great. Uh, that's like a forgotten World Series. Is this you know, like your height of equivalent? Uh, what do we got? Whoa. I guess home for sports. For TA, ESPN right? 1000. Indeed, Carmen, it is yes. the suspension for TA. Tim Anderson, according to Jesse Rogers, suspended six games. Jose Ramirez, three. And Emmanuel Classe, one for the parts in Sunday's bra. So Ramirez gets three because uh, TA instigated this thing, right? By dropping the gloves, I by guess. wanting to fight. I guess. Yeah. I know there will be people who say, well, Ramirez poked him, right? That he prompted it with a poke. What was the genesis of all of this? It seems like this was something. No, I know, but things were. Did you hear what Jesse said this morning? I don't know if we could pull the audio. I heard Jesse talk about this. This goes back to their series. He told Cap and Jay Hood this morning, and he can recap this with us when he's on with us. Goes back to their series. I forget, Meller, if you could pull it up when they last played. It was either in early July or late July. I forget which one. There was a lot of chirping going on with Naylor. When Naylor hit some home he's runs, another one that's always, they were yeah. chirping, and then yeah. and then Ta was doing a lot of chirping back to them to Naylor, and um and and, and then Classe got in on it. Classe was doing a lot of Cla- he does not like the White Sox and was doing some posing and stuff in the club, and, and Ta was standing staring him down in the in the dugout after, like, he closed the game and, like, notes were taken or, like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. receipts were collected. Sure. And then, and, and as Ramirez said after the game, they have not been happy with the way he's been tagging guys, that he's been really yeah. heavy with the tags, really hard with the tags. I saw a video of a, one of their rookies slid into second yeah, base. Yeah, before. And, and he, not only did he tag him hard, pushed he pulled his leg off the floor. Right, and now. he's pushing him off. And Ramirez really doesn't start with anybody. Right. Isn't he one of the more easygoing yeah, guys like in it. Major Very League quiet. Baseball? Yeah. yeah, I think he kind of just does his thing. Yeah. And, then, and then so he said something to him. And, and like uh, supposedly T.A. has been – this has been brewing with the Guardians for a while. Jesse did a really good job with this background going back. But it, it stemmed from Naylor, the Guardians, at um, – at, at guaranteed rate field from like one of the last series they played against. I don't know. I just I can't even like, like for a, I, a, a team that's twenty under. I, I, like you know, you, like you, I can't even say like oh at least they finally showed some fight. The time for fight. No. And, I mean that is that's so far. I mean like how about the so first far week of May? I mean right. There's it's so far gone and past, and there's just nothing. I hate to say it, man, but there's just there's almost nothing likable about this situation about the team. Um, it's just hard, and it, it's. And I think Meller would tell you the same thing. And Waddle always jokes about it, like you know, if, if, they 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 wear us out. I don't know how else to put it. Right. I mean, I I, I, I honestly, guys, I don't know how else to put it. And it's not a year or two. It's it's decades of this, minus one great summer in two thousand five and one great fall in two thousand five. It's decades of this where it it's exhausting, and they have they have. They just they I think in the, I think a lot of their fans you're beaten down a lot of our fans yeah they just beat us down they've exhausted us by I the think way a lot of fans would agree with that doesn't help that the team up north is maybe the hottest team in baseball no, and just I'll, throw I'll, a little salt I'll, in your room and I'll tell you and I said this last week I mean that team they play the game the right way I don't even want to make it as cliche as that but there seems to be a little bit of belief and some spunk about them. 
and kind of an attitude. But, Carm, when and, I say they I, play the game the right way, what I mean is is they are built correctly. Well, that's Whereas your team do, yeah. isn't built correctly. This team yeah. is really good defensively yes. up the middle. Yes. They are d- disciplined at the plate. They run. They take advantage of the new rules. Yes. They are built for 2023. You, you, you yes. know what sucks, though, is that it yeah. always comes down to, like, the Cubs and the Sox. There's room for both teams being great. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There's room. Both teams, we never have it. Both They don't have to be two ships crossing right, in the night right. with one team going down. And, and they've always one, been so. And yeah. they always have. And and there's room for them both being dominant. Yeah, it'd be nice. Like, it shouldn't be, well, this makes it worse that the but, Cubs are getting good. The Sox, it, it, there's room for the Sox to be great, I too. I just think it's and fun I, to kick the, and uh, I can't, the White Sox. But I don't spend too much time concerning myself with it down. because... I'd rather the White Sox just get their you-know-what together. Of course. Yeah. That, that's, that's, what what, I, that's what that's you're what focused I want, on. You know, like, that's what I want. Does it hurt a little bit more? In the guy? Okay, I'm, just, maybe, but I'm just busting balls with you I, right I just, now. I don't have too much time to worry about, uh, you know, the oh, Cubs. man. The, we, the, the you, Cubs you don't are have much time to worry about your own team but, because they're not interested. Well, but, uh, like, I'm, I, I need to put my time and energy into figuring out, like, Jerry, wake up. Fix this. Fix it. Your franchise is irrelevant because of the way you run it. I and mean, I just don't like, know that I he wish cares. he cared. I, w- I really do. Like, I wish he'd go to the root um, of the problem. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It was good to hear from Carm. They weren't on today. We wanted to get them on during normal crosstalk. Uh, and Jesse's again, in with me tomorrow. Yurko's yeah, off tomorrow, okay. and now uh, Jesse will be in. So Jesse, and, Jesse did a great job. So here's what yeah. we got. Jesse's going to join us later. He's in New York for yeah. It's a great double hit because he's at the Cubs-Mets game. We're not forgetting about the Cubs as the hottest team in baseball. But he wrote the, the article, got the Middleton stuff, really good. and uh, he'll, he'll have the latest from there. There's going to be a lot of action on the south side today, whether Han speaks, whether T.A. speaks. Griffol, what is he going to say with all this? Um, we're going to play all of that for you at 3. Uh, A.J. Przinski, he's been in a scrum or two. Yes, he has. Um, A.J. has wanted to manage this team. Mm -hmm. He's a culture guy. How would he clean up this culture? Good. good. So A.J. is going to join us at 3. Good. I look forward to that. And, of course, he's a baseball analyst. He's for Fox. He's got his own podcast. A.J. is going to join us. No short of opinions from A.J. at 3 o'clock. He may not want any piece of this dumpster fire. He might not. Tomorrow, Sylvan and I are going to play Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, oh, yeah, with the Yankees Yankees in town. town. But really, do we care anymore? No, we don't care anymore. And Rizzo's nowhere What is Yankee Doodle Dandy? We used to send them, Ryan Mendenhall, the intern now, to find uh, Yankees. in Famous uh, Yankees. Famous Yankees having dinner, like in Viagra Triangle. Triangle and. (laughs) (laughs) He had to go find, uh, he found Derek Who was the best? He found Jeter. Did he get him on the phone? He didn't get him on the phone. He saw Jeter. I think it was Posada and Jeter. He stumbled. He got them at Gibson's, I think, one night. And he tried to t- approach the That's table. Awesome. And, they would, and it was our, did you tell him it was the Miracle Intern? Well, Ryan Mendenhall, yes. We called him the Miracle Intern. Ryan's, uh, he gets around pretty well, but he is legally blind. And uh, So how did he know that well, Posada and he, Jeter were in the Gibson's? I don't mean waddle. to be an ass. He saw I'm shadows. Just saying. He, he, I'm just like asking. I said, Ryan got around pretty well. Like he, he, he couldn't drive in certain things because he was legally blind. But and he, Mellor's over there is giggling. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, we think it was. We, we think it was. What was Helen Keller's nickname? Oh, uh, she was the. Uh, well, not Helen Keller. The miracle worker. Well, but that was, was the, it. No, but that was the woman who. Uh, I don't want any piece of this conversation. <laughs> it's, yeah, 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 so we, we called are, him the miracle him. intern. Yeah, I thought it was based off of her nickname. Well, no, it was the woman who worked with Helen Keller. Didn't they call her? Wasn't that the story? Was. <laughs> 
The story was about the woman who. Were, like, so we why? called him the we're, miracle. Yeah, we got to stop while we're ahead, Waddle. All right, we got to stop. <laughs> All right, put so, the shovel right. down. Right. Sox fans, All right, guys. Sox fans, if you want to um, vent, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to play you, of course, the highlight of the fight and some of the best of Sox fights through the years, from uh, Nolan Ryan to Michael Barrett to now Jose Ramirez. The Sox can't win, nor can they fight, I don't think. Um, we're going to play you some of that. AJ coming up at 3, want to hear from you. We're going to talk about the Cubs hot streak as well. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Here's Ventura, RBI single in the first. Watch out. Look at this. Hobbin took exception to the pitch and went after Nolan Ryan. Now Rodriguez wants to start things back up right here. And there's Lamont. And here we go again. Boy, this thing's getting ugly out. Got to get these two teams back to their benches. Got a fastball and lifts a fly ball in the short left field. Pierzynski wanting to know, am I going? He is going. Here comes a throw by Merton. It is a collision at the plate. And Pierzynski not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate. And here they go. Kosednik getting into it with Barrett. And now both dugouts empty behind home plate. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. Down the right field line. Kicks into the corner. Ramirez on his way to second. Head first slide. Safe finish. The score is Jimenez. And another hustle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. It was shocking to see. It was. And uh, the White Sox have had their share of memorable fights throughout the year. The first one, we were just talking about it on Friday, I believe. Friday was the 30-year anniversary of the Noogie fight. That was the, uh, yeah. Don't you Nolan remember? Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan and yeah. Robin Ventura giving him uh, Robin the Noogies. It was the worst decision of Robin Ventura's career. Giving him the leather shampoo. I think the story goes that Robin was on, on the bench and he said, like, if Ventura hits me. I'm charging the mound. If, if Nolan Ryan hits me? No, what would I say? Yeah. Uh, if Nolan Ryan hits me, yeah. I'm charging the mound, or something like that. And then he had to do it. And then he quickly got into harm's way. And uh, he got in that headlock, and, uh, and, and he, the old man gave it to him. I immediately regret this decision. And then I was at the game with Carmen, uh, Cub Sox, when the A.J. Barrett thing happened, and A.J.'s going to join us at 3 o'clock. The one thing you can say about A.J. He's got a jaw. Yeah, he, His jaw is uh, a little he, stronger he, jaw. Yes, exactly. He was like an afterwards slapping his jaw after that yeah. to, to fire up the crowd. He's like, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. No big deal there. And, uh, and then, again, I was out to dinner. Um, we're celebrating our anniversary, one of your favorite spots, DeSoto. Yeah. Danny, I think you went there for your anniversary. I got some intel. And, and the text chain started blowing up. 
I think I said, I don't think any of you guys were, I was the only one watching White Sox baseball live. I told you, my my daughter, I heard my daughter scream, they're fighting! Yeah. So I came in and saw it, and I think I texted you guys and said Tim was just administered an eight count, the standing eight count. Yeah, you said, and I'm like, what's going on? And then someone sent the video on Twitter, and it, again, it's one of those moments that the first time you see it, whether you look up on the television screen, you click on the Twitter link, and you like it lives up to it, and you're shocked by it. When I clicked on that video and I saw both of those guys square up yeah. with a real fight, I'm like, oh, my. What's – oh, my. And then when you saw Tim Anderson stagger and fall, and he got him in that side in the temple there. Um, First of all, Tim set up like he was a southpaw, but then he was throwing rights. So I'm no boxing expert. I'm no Freddie Pacheco, okay? Uh, but I – don't think that his style was very good. Look, let's be honest here. Tim is this is going to stick with Tim forever. Ramirez caught him with a with a lucky punch. Ramirez's head was down. But this is the reality. When you drop the gloves and you're the one that instigates the fight and says, "Here we go," even if you get get caught with a lucky punch and go down, right. it's going to stain your would, record. Would you rather get lucky with a Absolutely. punch and knock the guy down? Absolutely. Or, yeah, you know Absolutely. what I mean. Yes. Uh, and, and the the penalties came down. Six games for Anderson, three games for Ramirez, one game for Class It's kind of like the White Sox season in, in a nutshell, wasn't it? I mean, if you talk about the White Sox season, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, hey, hey, what, what was the one thing it, about the season that kind of put the exclamation points on just how awful it's been? It, it's, it, and, and he's had two of them in the last three years. Yeah. Because the 2021 season was his walk-off at, the Field of Dreams game. Right. And the 20, what, that was 2021. Don't, don't I have that correctly? I think so, yeah. 20, that's, like, it's shocking. That's another shocking thing to say. Face of baseball. That, one that, of the faces that, of baseball. That was only 2021. Yeah. Like, the snapshot moment of your 2021 sock season was Tim Anderson walking off the Yankees yeah. at the Field of Dreams Remember, game. like, look, he was one of the faces of baseball, or that's how he was being advertised, and for good reason. He was changing the game, and just a short... A young, up-and-coming team, yeah. and it's like the how-it-started-how-it's-going old thing. Yeah, it's uh, just... And then two short years later, the snapshot moment is also Tim Anderson, but it's him getting staggered and knocked down. Yeah. It's amazing. So if you want to... Again, like, we didn't think that the Sox would be a thing at all the rest of the way no. until they made changes. But this was national story worthy. Jesse has um, a lot of stuff from Middleton where he talks about that culture inside the clubhouse where are, there are no rules. Well, that's the bigger – when you zoom when you zoom out – that's the bigger story. When you zoom in, it's Tim. When you zoom out, it's what Jesse wrote about, and it was a brilliant report. And Jesse's going to join us, and we'll talk to um, uh, 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 um, we'll we'll talk to you, the fan, and and just what what, what your thought is on this three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jeffrey uh, in Palatine, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Jeffrey? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How you doing? We're all right. What's yeah. up? So first, I just want to qualify my comments by saying I'm happy that Cubs fans have some meaningful baseball to look forward to, and they're going crazy for it, understandably so. 
That said, this script between the two teams in town should be flipped, or at the very least, we should have the White Sox at the top and people being excited about the Cubs, who were still supposed to be a little bit behind, and they are starting to be ahead of schedule. But instead, the White Sox are now a national laughing stock as opposed to a local laughing stock. And the worst part is, I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf cares. Mm. I mean, the only time you ever hear from him is whenever something good happens with the team. And or if somebody meaningful dies, like when Rocky Wirtz died recently, he's well within his right to do that. But when you have all of these horrible things going out the team and one of your former players just coming out and saying that the culture is broken, this is when you're at a crossroads of when you absolutely need to make these wholesale changes. Because if he doesn't do it right now, then I'm not convinced that's ever going to happen. I'm already convinced of two things that are already going to happen. Number one, we are not going to see Sox Fest again under current ownership because they don't like when fans don't love everything that they do unconditionally. And two, the White Sox are never going to approach even a quarter of the attention that the Cubs get in this town in our lifetime unless something drastic changes, which I don't see. I like the show, and I just am very pessimistic about the long-term outlook about this franchise and this. And, and the fan base and the way they're treated by everybody. Yeah, Thank it's you. a it's a good call. Like you're right, the Sox are supposed to be in the middle of their competitive window. If there's not change now, there never will be. Like, and again, I'm not confident that there will be. But this is their low water mark in terms of everything. You've got like again last week. What were we talking about? The Marlins GM discussing how the trade went down for Berger. It's Kenny, like which accentuates. The, the conversation we've had for but so who's long. Accountable. Who's in charge, right? This is Jesse's article is so damning. This didn't happen overnight. This has been, this is obviously that environment has festered for quite some time. It didn't just become a thing overnight. That environment has been in place for quite some time. Well, and I want to ask you, like you, you said, like, is this, is this rock bottom? I want to ask, I'll give you some examples of what rock bottom is over the last 15 years. Like, it may be rock bottom for this iteration of the Sox, but has it been rock bottom for the last 20 years? Like, there have been some monumental things happen to this team that don't ever happen in other organizations. And uh, I'll ask you that, 332-3776. A.J. Pruszynski is going to join us coming up at 3. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I know we have full phones back at the station. I love, uh, we've had great conversation with Sox fans. Even through all the losing, uh, some really good venting, and we've appreciated it. 312-332-3776. Like, what is, what is rock bottom? I mean, is this the lowest of the low? Or, like, remember the Drake LaRoche stuff. I mean, we were talking about a 13-year-old kid that Adam Eaton and others called the best leader on that team. Chris Sale is cursing out Kenny Williams to stay out of the clubhouse. Later that season, remember the... Um, the throwback uniforms, he's taken a scissors, didn't want to wear the throwback uniforms because they were uncomfortable. Let's just cut them up. And he decided to cut up the, the throwback uniforms, prompted them getting rid of Chris Sale. 
a star pitcher in the middle of his prime. That led to the Mankata, the Mankata deal, um, and and Kopech. Um is, is rock bottom your your star shortstop, um, who eventually became your manager, the only manager to win a World Series in the modern era, where his kids are fighting with that same guy, Kenny Williams, who I was just telling you Chris Sale was fighting with. It's always in fighting with Jerry's teams, by the way. Um, and, and and the manager's not getting along. The kids are get in the middle of it, and it leads to a trade where where your manager is getting dealt to the Marlins. Like what? What is rock bottom? Modern day rock bottom. You know what I mean. But the, that's what I mean. That even though this is rock bottom. Rock bottom was six years ago. Rock bottom before that was in 2011. They returned to rock bottom. You shouldn't hit rock bottom every six years. <laughs> it's sad. It's rock bottom. Hey, I'm back in rock bottomville. And, and the guys who are the reason why you hit rock bottom get to continuously keep their job. It's it it, it doesn't like it goes beyond all common sense to me. It's why I continue to just be so passionate about it because none of it makes any sense whatsoever. Um, Jake, really quick, give me to another phone call. I uh, I had it up with the screen, but you, you introduce a phone call for me. Let's do David on the south side. David, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's going on, guys? So I listen to this station every day while I'm at work. It gets me through my work day. I appreciate you guys. But I do want to say that today I'm very disappointed in this station for putting the false narrative out there that Tim Anderson started that fight. Let's talk about the baseball part of it. It was a hustle double. Tim Anderson straddled the bag. He gave him a path to slide. It was a bang-bang play, so he put a snap tag on him. Javi Baez gets praise for his snap tags. But Tim Anderson, it's a different story. So then Jose Ramirez gets up. And he takes his finger and he pushes Tim Anderson's head. No man is going to allow another man to do that to them. No man's going to allow another man to call him the B word. No man's going to allow another man to spit on him. You do either one of those three things, and it's time to fight. Did someone so spit? I'm, I'm, did did Ramirez spit on him? No, Ramirez took his finger and he nudged Tim Anderson's forehead. All right, which you is basically calling him. you a punk. That's, I think Jesse, like, I, I don't pretend to know all the details that have existed with Tim and some of the friction that has existed with the Guardians over the course of the last several weeks. This wasn't a singular motion. I think Jesse referred to And earlier in the morning. game with the tag, too, where yeah. he pushed him off the base, the rookie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, as you said, Jesse joined Cap and Jonathan today and kind of explained how yeah. things transpired. I knew there was going to be somebody who who brought up the the finger, and and he only got three games. Ramirez and and uh, and and Tim got six. All right, let's ta- let's ask um, AJ about it. AJ uh, knows a thing or two about all this stuff. A culture guy, a guy who's wanted the managerial job. How do you clean this mess up? One of the all time great White Sox. Uh, a World Series champion, A.J. Przezinski, joins us next.